Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Let my word bring healing to you today. Let my word bring restoration to you. For I am the healer. I am your restorer. I know I have seen and I have heard. Know that I am your God that will bring the healing that you need and the restoration that you're searching for. That is why I came. That is why I gave myself on the cross. So that you might be free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad for the gifts of the Spirit? That are still in operation in the New Testament church. Amen. Listen, if you're not standing, if you will stand with me, please, as we honor the reading of God's Word. I'm not going to move much, uh, but I just just really feel I want to I read this Scripture, and I don't know what we're going to do. Mark chapter 3. something about this passage of scripture that just gripped my spirit early or actually late last night as I've told you before we don't pre-plan our services we try to allow Holy Spirit to work because I recognize on any given service that there's people that are going to come through this door, that there's a possibility, there's a chance that we'll never see you again. There's a possibility that, that you might or someone here might not have another opportunity to meet Jesus and to make him the Lord of their lives. So we try not to allow our program, our pre-designed services to hinder what God wants to do. So if God wants an invitation to start with, that's what we do. Because our main goal is to get you to understand that this is a hospital for messed up folk. Amen. Some here that have recovered. Some are recovering. <clears throat> Summer in ICU. Summer in rehab, but we're all in it together. Amen. 
Mark chapter 3 and verse 1, everybody got it? Say amen. And he entered, again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with a withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm or to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. <clears throat> the Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Father, we thank you today that you are a God that will restore withered things. So, Father, this morning, Lord, just take this word, your word. Father, let it find the mark that you want to send it to. Because, Father, we know that your word will not return to you void but God, that it will accomplish that with which you've sent it to. So we thank you for it today. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team, if you guys don't mind, just stay right there. Because I'm not going to be long. <clears throat> Listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be long, but I, I just won't to give you this word this morning because I feel like today that this is a word for, for someone here this morning. The Lord began to deal with my heart concerning withered things. This man was in the synagogue. And here's the amazing thing about it. He was not in the synagogue to meet Jesus. But he was in the synagogue. But, and Jesus just happened to come into the synagogue. This man didn't come there looking for a healing. He just happened to be where Jesus showed up. But he had a withered hand. The Bible says in, in, uh, that it was his right hand that was withered. And that word withered simply means that it was dried up, that he had no ability to use it. It had withered away. It had died. And the Lord began to deal with me today that there were people that would be in this service this morning, that there are things in your life that God said, I have meant those things for life, but they have withered away. And God began to deal with me and he said, I want you to tell them that I want to restore the things that have been withered away in their lives. Amen. You see, but here's the thing. So many times in our, in our lives, we have a tendency to hide our faults and our failures. We don't want anybody to know what's really going on on the inside. We don't want anybody to know what's really happening behind closed doors. We don't want anybody to really know what's going on in my mind when I'm at home by myself. I don't want anybody to really know how I act when I'm not at church. And we want to hide those things. 
We want to keep those things concealed because we think that if I can keep those things concealed, then nobody will really know how I really am. But can I tell you something this morning? God saw you today when you opened your eyes. God saw you last night when you laid down in bed. God knows your inner working. He knows you're coming in and you're going out and you're lying down and you're getting up. I, I talked about the verse just a few minutes ago about the power of the Word of God and that there's no creature that is hidden from the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. In other words, God sees. God is all-seeing, all-knowing, and He's all-powerful. But this man was standing there, and apparently he was just there, uh, wasn't crying out, wasn't calling out, wasn't doing anything. But Jesus comes in. And this man with a withered hand, as he stands there, the Bible says that there was a crowd of religious folks, Pharisees, that were standing around. People that People that looked good on the outside, but had nothing on the inside. People that supposedly knew about Jesus, or knew about God, but in reality, they didn't know anything about Him. He was in a place where God is known to be. He was around people that supposedly knew God. But yet, he had a withered hand. Yet he had a handicap that was holding him back, that was stopping him from becoming all that God wanted him to become. Can I tell you something this morning? You can be in the right place you can be in the place where God is supposed to be you can be surrounded by people that supposedly know God but you can be right in the middle of all that stuff and still have that handicap I want to tell you today we're we are in a in a vein of, of, of ministry here at the church of where God is saying, I want to reveal Jesus to you. I want you to understand my son. I want you to know who he is. I want you to know why he came and what he came for. Because I believe, ladies and gentlemen, in the, the, the direction that we're headed as a nation and as, as a world, that we're coming to the place where... We really need to have an assurity of the relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that, that we're getting to a place where all of our religious apparel has got to be taken off. You see, Jesus, Jesus said about the Pharisees that were standing around this man with a withered hand, that were standing there looking down their nose, just waiting for Jesus to do something that they could accuse him 
just waiting for Jesus to say something or, or do something that they would have the opportunity to accuse him. Jesus, in another passage of Scripture, talking about the Pharisees. He said, you look good on the outside. You've got all the right clothes. You're all dressed up. you got your Sunday go-to-meeting uh, shoes on and got all your, your nice strapping on and all of that and you look good on the outside. But yet, on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. Can I tell you something this morning? Fixing the outside up with a messed up inside won't get your miracle. Looking good on the outside when you're messed up on the inside won't bring victory to your family. I want to tell you something, mom and dad, looking good on the outside and fooling everybody around you this morning will not get your child off of drugs. It will not break the addiction off of your children's lives. But I want to tell you something this morning, that when you put aside all of the religious stuff, when you stop trying to please everybody around you, when you stop trying to fit in with the crowd around you, when you quit trying to satisfy all the religious appetites that have been placed in your life and you recognize that religion has not brought life to my hand, religion has not brought life to my children, Religious, religion cannot bring healing to my family. But there is one. Listen, here's the man with a withered hand. Here's the crowd of religious folks. And here is Jesus. Jesus. Isn't it amazing how Jesus was standing there? This, this man with a withered hand His hand had been withered and died for we don't know how long. But Jesus looked at him. And he said, come here. Come here. And I I asked myself the question, why did Jesus look at him and say, come here? Because he's the son of God. He could have said, hand, way back yonder in the back hand be healed and it would have been healed he could have spoke the word and that man's hand would have been restored immediately but Jesus said come here you see I don't believe that there's a word that that is ever spoken in this book that is wasted I believe it's there for reason and I believe it's there for purpose come here And here's the thing that I believe. I believe this man had no doubt been surrounded by these religious people for years and years. Jesus came in and Jesus was not held in high esteem by anybody in the synagogue. Everybody was wanting 
to accuse him. But yet he was the son of God. And when Jesus looked at this man and said, come here. I believe that was a step of faith that Jesus was saying, are you willing to go against what everybody around you is thinking? Are you willing to not worry about what everybody's going to say about you? Are you willing to come to me despite what people think, despite what people say? Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone, out of your place of comfort, and come to me? The Bible says that the man came to Jesus. And Jesus told him to stretch out your hand. Can I tell you something this morning? I believe every individual, every individual that's in this place today, there's going to come a time in mine and your life that we will grow tired of being bound by what people think. There'll come a time in your life when when the struggle and the battle that you're facing will, will dictate to you that you've either got to move out of that comfort zone and move into a place that you've never been before, or you're going to stay in that place from now on. I believe that's what Zacchaeus uh, dealt with when he decided to climb the tree so he could see Jesus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector hated by everybody, nobody liked him, but Zacchaeus said, look, I am going to step out from my place of comfort. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I'll climb the tree because I want to see Jesus. See, that's a picture of religion. Religion would say you don't need to do that. Religion would say you're acting a little weird. Religion would say you're getting a little too loud. Religion would say, don't you think that's kind of fanatic, climbing up that tree like that? But hunger don't care what religion says. Hunger doesn't care what man says. Because Tanner, when you get in the mess that you were in, it doesn't matter what man says. Listen. When you get tired of waking up on Saturday morning with a headache, with a hangover, and all of that, and you tried over and over to lay down the alcohol, but you wake up on Saturday morning, and you drunk, and you got a hangover and all that, when you get tired of going around the same old mountain over and over and over again, you will find a tree and climb up the tree and say, I have got to see Jesus. Listen, because desperation will always lead you to a place of inspiration. See, this man was in the synagogue, and, and we, we think everybody that's here today, we're all just big, happy Christians.
See, I really believe, though, that the church on Sunday morning, on any given Sunday, is probably filled up with some messed up folk. You say, preacher, you don't know who I am. I got it all together. Well, that's a big indication that you don't have it all together. Amen? So you see, this man was in the synagogue, in the place where God was supposed to be, but, but he could not touch God because of the religious circle that was around him. If Jesus had not showed up on that particular day, he would have still had a withered hand. And no matter, no, no telling how many Sundays he had walked into that synagogue with those same people and walked out with the same withered hand. But today was different because Jesus showed up in the house. Listen, when Jesus comes in the house, he makes all the difference in the world. Another example of, of somebody because I use Zacchaeus, so you ladies say, well, he didn't, he didn't give us an example. There was a woman with the issue of blood. You remember her? If there was ever anybody that had reason to stay in the background, it was her. If there was ever anybody that had reason to stay at home on Sunday morning, uh, it was her. Because she had this issue of blood and, and she was considered defiled. And to touch her was to be defiled. So she had every reason to stay at home. Except for one thing. The Bible says that she had been that way for about 12 years. The Bible says that she had tried many physicians and they had all made her suffer worse. See, there comes a time in our lives when our desperation will push us to a place of another inspiration or another revelation. I don't know where I'm getting all them shuns from, all right? But you understand what I'm saying. Desperation. Listen, desperation will do one or two things. It will push you on further back or it will push you into a victory. I never will forget uh, hearing the testimony of an individual that, that uh, tried to commit suicide. <clears throat> and he jumped off of the, uh, one of the big bridges. I can't even remember the name of it. And he said, I went to that bridge that night. And he said, I was consumed with the fact that I had reached the end of my meaning in life. And I, I had no meaning. I had no purpose. Everything in my life was falling apart. And he said, I had gotten to a place where all I could think about was, I need to end my life. I need to, I need to just cut it all out and get rid of the pain. And he said, I walked on that bridge that night. And this was in a big city, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. But he said, I walked on that bridge that night and walked to the edge and looked over into the water below. And he said, I was hopeless and I had no hope. And he said, I, I really felt like 
He said, I recognize that, that I had demonic spirits that were just pushing me and driving me to end it all. He said, I climbed up on the rail of that bridge and was holding on. And he said, I jumped from the edge of that bridge. He said, the moment, the moment that my hand left the rail, a light came on. He said, and I recognized that I had messed up. I recognized that I had given up on life. And I recognized the mistake that I had made. And he said, in that split second, I said, God, have mercy on my soul. He said, I hit the water. The next thing he knew, he said, I woke up in the hospital. He said, very few people ever survive the fall from that bridge. He said, but I survived. And he said, I'm telling you that the devil will tell you that you need to give it all up. You need to take your own life. He said, but the devil is a liar. Because the moment that I left that bridge, I knew that I had given my life over to the devil. And I knew that he was destroying my life. But Jesus met me somewhere between the top of that bridge and the bottom of that water. And somewhere in that middle, he said, Jesus came into my life and radically changed my life. See, unfortunately today, there are people that will that will go that way and they'll say I'm going to give up on life because there's nothing to live for but I'm telling you today the devil is a liar <laughs> this woman with the issue of blood got to the place in her life that it didn't matter what people said didn't matter what people thought so I want to close with this. There's, there's more that I could say, but I want to close with this because I want to just kind of bring it all into, into focus today. I want to, one more time, I want you to see because I know that I'm talking to somebody here today. You've got things in your life that, that are dying. They're withering away. And you, you don't know how to deal with it. And you've been surrounded. You've been surrounded by all the religious things that, that man has taught you. Just go to church. Just become a member of this church. Sign this card. Shake this man's hand. Get baptized. Everything will be all right. But yet, with all the religion around you, your life is still withering away because you have never met and had a true encounter with Jesus Christ. And so today, you are sitting in this building or maybe you're listening to me in your living room or driving down the road. And that part of your life has withered away. But I'm telling you this morning, there is one whose name is Jesus. 
he saw you the other day, spoke to my heart, said, I want you to tell them this. Tell them that I am in the house today. Tell them that I have come to restore the withered things. Tell them that I have come to bring life to those things that man said was dead. Tell them that I have come to bring life to those things that man said would never have life in them again. You say, well, Pastor, how in the world do I do that? Here's the thing. You guys get ready. Those of you that are going to be baptized, you can go on back and be getting ready for baptism. Brother Pat, be thinking about what you're going to say because you're up next. Here's the thing. And this is going to be real <clears throat> this is going to be real difficult, so I want you to listen closely. Remember what I said a while ago when Jesus said, come here? The man had to make a move. He had to make a move. Listen, Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood so that you and I could be saved. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He did that. He didn't stay in heaven and speak down to earth and say, hey, the blood's been shed. Everything's good. He came to earth. He bore the cross. He bore the shame. He bore the reproach. He laid down. They nailed his hands and feet to the cross. They pressed a, 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 a crown of thorns on his head. He was raised up between heaven and earth, mocked at, spit at, laughed at, and all of that while he bled between heaven and earth. He did that. Look at your neighbor and say, he did that. He moved. He moved. Jesus came from heaven down to earth. He laid aside the royal robe, the royal crown, to come to earth. Jesus looked at the man with the withered hand. Come here. Listen, is your situation desperate enough that you're willing to make a move? Come here. So he came. And here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus looked at him and said this. Stretch forth your hand. Stretch it forth. And again, He, he is the Son of God. He is all-powerful and all-knowing. We don't have to go through all this Stop, Jesus. 
we don't have to go through all these these steps and processes and all of that come on Jesus while I'm sitting on my on my seat just speak a word and I'll be healed I don't have to go through all of this process but yet there's a meaning and a message in everything that Jesus told him to do because to come here meant lay yourself aside lay your pride to the side quit worrying about what everybody around you is going to say get up out of your seat 